Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the H2O Podcast. And we are, as you can see here, in our new rearranged space. And uh, we will we will probably be tweaking just a little bit. I'm already just from sitting here and looking at everything. I'm noticing some stuff with the lighting and some different things. And um, I think I think I'm gonna have to do something with that camera because I think I dimmed that camera down a little bit too dark. But you know that is that is what we do sometimes. Which, which one, the main one or the main one? Mm. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm looking at it. You look better I, in shadow. You know that, right? Well, like I, I darkness with everything. Whenever when I have all the lights on and the cameras up, I it looked like it was blowing out and oh, it was very bright. Mm-hmm. And it's not too bad. Now I'm looking at it. It looks better there than it does on the it, monitor. Yeah, it's flatter on the monitor. Yeah, I don't know. It could just be me because I'm old and going blind. So you know. Anyway, I don't know anything about that. Uh, yeah. Um, Who are we? Who are we? <laughs> Old and going blind. Old and going blind and senile. My name is Jason Hunt. And I am Timothy Harvey. And uh, before we get into tonight's topic, just a just a, a real quick official statement that I want to make as editor. Um, oh, let me turn that off. Uh, over the weekend, last week, we've had some very tumultuous and chaotic activity online. So far, uh, it doesn't appear that our online presence has been affected, but there are concerns, and I have a few concerns, about where we're going to end up when all of this is over. And just to be clear, while we may be on various different social media platforms. We are not there for any political reasons. There are uh, part of my don't put all your eggs in one basket strategy, as it were. And I think as as I've thought about this over the weekend, I think it is important for this show especially to continue as long as we're able to do it because this is, for me, this is a good example of a conservative and a, and a liberal who can come together and find common ground and agree on some things. And while we may have some disagreements and they may get heated at times, that is a sideline to what we're doing here. And I think that whether you are, this is, this is true for our entire audience, I wanna be clear on this, whether you are a conservative, a liberal, Democrat, Republican, Green Party, vegan, uh, omnivore, homosexual, heterosexual, blue hair, brown hair, Asian, white, black, fat, skinny, tall, I don't care. Christians, Muslims, it doesn't matter. In certain conversations, yes, that comes into play. But here, as part of our audience, we are never going to engage in gatekeeping. 
And I want to be very clear about that because there are sites and there are services and there are different things that are going on out there where if you don't think a certain way, if you don't behave a certain way, you're going to get punished. And that's not going to be the case here for our audience. That said, politeness and respect for the people who participate on this site, who, are, who provide content on this site, who make comments on our pages, all these things, folks, you're going to play nice with each other because that's how we all get a chance to be fans together. Well, and I think everybody here, you know, look, we've, we've said this before, there has only been one time so far that we've had to put anybody in timeout. Every, everybody here generally behaves themselves. There are a couple of times we get some comments that kind of skate the edge, but, you know, I'm willing to overlook, and, and when I don't, when we don't address a comment or something, you know, we see it, but we might not choose to engage on it. That's one thing. I mean, if you step over the line, that's but that's a different thing. But yeah, everybody so far has been. Yeah, I just. I mean, good. I'm not. I'm not picking out any one person, but I think that one of the things that made it possible for, I mean, it, it just made Jason and I friends in the first place, is we shared an interest in certain things. We sh we shared an interest in certain things. There was like, okay, well movies and, and, and comic books and old radio and, and all these things that we could sit there and talk about and find that we actually had things to talk about. We actually had a reason to get to know each other. And it was largely through the film world originally. Right. But we, we came to understand that the things that we agree and disagree about, they matter because it's part of discussions that we have. It doesn't matter as part of the things that we share in common and the things that we can enjoy together. And even even in the genre things, Jason and I have been known to disagree. You may have noticed that from time to time. We will in fact sit there and go, are you crazy? You know, and, yeah. but at the same time, um, you know, and, and as someone who did a really good job for four years because of work not being on social media. The last several weeks, there's part of me that, as much as I do not want to go back to driving for a living, mm. there's part of me that goes, you know, there was something really simple about not even knowing well, this stuff was going on. And there's, and there's which nothing, is not, which is, which is head in the sand. And there's nothing there's, that says that you have to get on social media I again and, and do stuff. I mean, I've been pretty uh, steady in trying to encourage all of the staff to get on social media at least long enough to share some links and then get out. I, I don't. You don't have to stay on social media. You don't have to be on any you know any kind of a schedule or a routine or have a habit or anything. Just you know pop on there. Hey, check this out. Boom, done, finished, and get and out. I have weeks when I'm okay with that, and weeks that I suck at it. Well, and that's why we need a social media management tool where we can just schedule program that and stuff in there, program yeah. all that stuff. And if you I, want to give me access to your Twitter account, I can just do it for you. <laughs> You'd be posting more on my Twitter account than I do. <laughs> but do you trust me to post to your Twitter accounts? Um, I, honest, I honestly, uh, uh, you know, okay, so pineapple and Canadian bacon on pizza. Uh, I am 
not a giant fan of it, I'll be honest. But I have eaten it in the past. It tastes fine. I don't particularly care for the... Um, I'm going to use a word that I know a lot of people makes a lot of people uncomfortable. I don't care for moist pizza. Right. Well, and and the combination of ham and pineapple. I mean, Canadian bacon is not really bacon; it's ham. At right. ham and pineapple. I mean, when I have ham, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then you know I'll maybe have pineapple as a garnish or whatever. I can do right. the two, but not on pizza. Because like, you're combining it then with the tomato, the tomato sauce, I, and then that adds all of the sweet, and you're rolling into the shot there, Mrs. Boss. I think she wants. I think so, she wants them to see her looking at you. She, her, she has a camera. I know, but she this is has like a camera. In the shot. And speaking, <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of which, I will, I will say, I will make a request for those of you who are watching at this live, especially. But if you're, if you're not live and you're looking at it later or you're listening to it later, uh, we do need some feedback because you may have noticed the sound is different mm -hmm. tonight because we do not anymore have the microphones hanging over our heads. We now have these little lavalier microphones. Now, I had one, and we were able to manage to get a second one, so now we're both wired up. And hopefully that's going to give us a little bit more balance on the sound, and it's going to give us a little bit more uh, uh, quality in the tone, and it's going to be a little bit cleaner. So if, if at any point this starts to sound really, right. let clothing, us know. Clothing rustle is, is the bane of microphones you attach to your person. Well, there's that, and then there's the other, you know, when when microphones are dialed up too hot, mm -hmm. then it, we have what's called overmodulation, and you get a lot of crunch and a lot of garbled in the noise because there's too much, uh, too much sound coming into the mic, so. I've actually been really pleased with the, with the mic I got for Christmas. Uh, been really, it's come through quite nicely, I'm actually, uh, I, I think nice Tim recording. might need to be turned up just a just little a bit. bit. And so I do have a low voice, so it's sometimes two, it's really... No, uh, the number two pot, just, di just dial clockwise just a little bit. I think that'll take care of that. So. All right, we'll have to see how that plays out. We'll see. Okay, so all that being said, um, you know, there, I, I don't know that we're going to have a problem. I mean, I've, I've start, I'm seeing um, all sorts of people mentioning how many... How many people they're losing, how, followers that they're losing. We haven't seen, uh, I haven't seen very much in the way of numbers changing on our follower count or anything like that. I'm not too terribly worried about it, but on the off chance that something hinky happens with any of the social media, I do want to encourage people to go over to our website or go into the show notes and click on the link to sign up for our newsletter because we're going to be using that a whole lot more this year uh, because it's a direct communication. Mm -hmm. It's a direct path. It's, it's, for, it's us to you, and we don't have to worry about Twitter or Google or Apple or Amazon or anybody just getting in the way. So, um, so that's an option that we'd like to encourage people to start uh, looking at. So you can sign up. Uh, there's a link in our show notes. There's a link over on the .com. You get a little pop-up window, and you can sign up there. And we'll do uh, a regular, semi-regular 
point of contact there, and we're going to use that much more frequently, especially as we get closer to launching the Indiegogo campaign in March. So there we are. All right. Now we can talk about what we're going to talk about. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> Your idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, gosh, it was last week, wasn't it? Where yep. the news got out and, and then caused a little bit of excitement and, and questioning among the fandom that apparently Michael Keaton was going to be having a larger presence in the DC universe aside from making an appearance in the Flash movie. And of course, people were excited about him being in the Flash movie, and they were doing this multiverse thing, which is, right. Uh, frankly, as far as the DC film universe, play with the multiverse, go wild. Maybe it'll work out uh, overall. Cool. That's a and great idea. Not only is he coming back as a Bruce Wayne, but he's coming back as the as the Bruce Wayne he played before. Right. So a lot of yeah. fans are excited about that. And of course, Michael Keaton has proven himself. Uh, again, flashback to the late '80s when people were just like Michael Keaton as Batman. They couldn't get their head around it. It was Mr. Mom. It was all the comedy work. Mm -hmm. But he, you know, fans really embraced his version of Batman, and he's been remained popular today, which is why this is a thing. When they first announced Keaton as Batman, a lot of, when all of that blowback and everything was going, there was a movie that came out prior to that called Clean and Sober. Yeah, uh -huh. it was his first dramatic role that right. anybody had seen him in. It's, it's an, it's not a great movie. It's it's. It's okay. it's tough it's tough to watch because it's an okay film though but it's yeah he's good but his it. his performance in that is very 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 good and when I saw that I had no doubts that he could pull off Batman I can one hundred percent completely remember the way he says I got this chip in that movie and that I mean it's just it's it's a really really fantastic performance yeah Robert in the chat said it'd be fun to see some Batman Beyond Bruce Wayne Birdman references I I'm hearing mm -hmm. that the Batgirl movie that we're likely to be getting now I assuming that we still get it Joss Whedon was supposed to be attached to it then he wasn't but the project is still out there right sure but I'm hearing the possibility that the Batgirl movie is going to be a Batman Beyond type, where oh, okay. Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne is the mentor for young Barbara Gordon Batgirl. So how much of that is, is going to hold out? Anybody's guess. It's an interesting at this point. spin on, on, on the idea. But, but that's one of the things that but people were suddenly very excited the idea that we would actually get the Pattison movie and whatever they're going to do with that. But we'd also have Michael Keaton back as an older Batman. And Ben Affleck. And probably in a, in a, a Batman Beyond kind of situation, or at least dealing with an older, older version of the character. So consequently, you have to, your story's going to reflect that, whatever they do with it. And then, of course, yeah, you've got Affleck showing up in the film as well. And so it's, all of a sudden it's this blow-up, and it's based on how things were phrased, and, and it turns out to not be quite what people were thinking. Ben Affleck is going to be in... The um, extended Snyder, Snyder cut. cut. He's, you know, we're going to get Michael Keaton in the Flash movie, but we're not looking at this like multi, multiple Batman having multiple film, film series. But it does raise the question because fans did get excited about Michael Keaton. It's like, oh, maybe we are going to get our Batman Beyond movie finally, you know, and uh, and we still might. You know, and 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 it's, that's an example of a legacy character that that really caught on with people, and some legacy char characters do. Some don't, but 
you know, the idea that all, after all this time, pe fans getting excited about a guy who played a movie, played a character in a movie, mm -hmm. 1989, and what was it? 1989 and 1991? Was it? The, yeah, something like that. And then, the, the, but that's only two times he played the part. Yeah. And people are like, yes, Michael Keaton's coming back! And it's like, okay, but wait a minute. There's a lot of other actors who have been in genre projects. And do, would we want to see that actor come back as an older version of, the, the, of that character? Or do we want them, like, you know, if when we're getting our, they've been threatening and promising, depending on your viewpoint, a Flash Gordon, a new Flash Gordon movie for a long, long time. Right. Could you have a Flash Gordon movie without at least the voice of Brian Blessed? Could you? I mean, well, okay. You can do a thing. You can. But should mean, you do yeah, a thing? That's, well, now, do, have you seen Wonder Woman 84? I have. Okay, so you've seen the mid-credits thing at the end with mm -hmm. Linda, Linda Carter. Spoilers, right. Linda Carter's the movie. There is also a rumor that Linda Carter will be back in Flashpoint as her... Wonder Woman. Which would be fantastic. So I guess they're calling it Wonder Woman 77. Oh, of course. Um, whether or not she's in the same universe as Michael Keaton's Batman, because you remember that Alex Ross picture that had Linda Carter, George Reeves, Adam West, and uh, 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 Jackson Bostwick as Captain mm. Marvel? You could do that kind of thing still. You could, and, and if the... We don't think of movie universes, well, we didn't think of movie universes in 1989. The idea of there being, I mean, people sat there and went, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you got Batman and Superman a movie together? But people weren't thinking about that. In fact, right. the concept of the sequel was really not, I mean, you, this, the, you had, it happened with some things. Horror films were having sequels, but superhero movies weren't. You know. Well, Star Wars really kicked the door open on that. Yeah, but I mean, superhero movies—the way we look at them now, these like sequel string of movies with these characters—just wasn't a thing people really thought about. Yeah. Even even as as late as the as the eighties and early nineties, but um, or certainly that you know, could you imagine? If you had two Iron Man movies and suddenly you recast because Robert Downey Jr. decided he wasn't going to do it anymore? Nowadays, no. But I think one of the one of the reasons why it would be harder to do that now is because of the interconnectivity <laughs> of everything. Right. If you were doing the the Marvel movies now, the way they were done back then. I don't think that you would have the same kind of issues. but We wouldn't have as many Marvel movies if they'd been doing well, them the way they'd done them back but then. But even then, if you have, if you have, uh, if you had been able to continue the Batman movies, mm -hmm. because we had two with Keaton, we had a Val Kilmer, we had George Clooney doing two. If, he didn't, he did one. He did one. He did one. There are... So, in the distance, you can hear George Clooney say, I'm sorry again, but it was only one movie. It was only I? one movie. But that, that dynamic with the casting, Batman especially with you know having a mask and all of that, right, right. Batman is like James Bond. You can have different 
actors play the part. And different interpretations Superman, of the character. Superman, kind of the same way. You could do different Superman. I mean, the ones without the masks are a little bit harder to do that. But if you had... And I, you know, if you had say a series of Iron Man movies where you had Robert Downey Jr. do two, and then Tom Cruise did a couple of them there, back in the day, sure. Oh, yeah. uh, now, not so much. But I think also if you did, from what we're hearing about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, we may actually get different actors playing those right. characters, and and you know. Which winking is at everyone. Fine. And I think uh, uh, playing with that sort of thing is okay. Multiverses are cool if you let yourself let them be cool. Only if we get Red Brown back as Steve Rogers. You have to. So here's the question. You have here's to. the question. If you could bring, you know, who who are these people that if you could bring them back and Red Brown is an example. Um, for those of you who don't recall Reb Brown? That name doesn't ring any bells. He did two movies. Did, I know, uh, two Captain America movies. You could bring back Reb Brown, and you could bring back uh, Matt Salinger. But would Matt Salinger want to come back? I don't. I. You know what? He might. He might. Matt Salinger did. Uh, he did one. Just, it was just one movie. Yeah, yeah. and it was essentially an origin. It was. It yeah. was the. It, you know, the Frozen and Ice story with Red Skull and stuff. But he had a great costume. It was actually a pretty impressive costume for the time. Um, and I think it probably... Um, for There were a lot... Uh, the forgotten Marvel movies, some cases intentionally forgotten, like the, the, the Fantastic Four, uh, Roger Corman's Fantastic That's Four. That's not forgotten. No, and it's and it's actually should not be forgotten. And it's because it's probably the best Fantastic Four movie we've gotten. <laughs> I know, isn't that, isn't that sad? And that's and that you know I, the, the folks. I, although Michael Chiklis as the thing is almost perfect yeah. casting. Yeah. But uh, the and and that's not to, to knock the hard work of the folks who tried to do the Fantastic Four movies. They weren't good, but. It wasn't because a whole lot of people didn't try. Well, and especially <laughs> when you stop to consider that the Corman movie, you know, Constantine Films gave them, gave him a million dollars, so he didn't have a huge budget to begin with, oh, yeah. and it was made only so Constantine Films could, could keep, keep the, rights. the rights. They never right. intended on on releasing. And it. if you want a modern example of that, think the last three Hellraiser movies. If you're a horror fan, they were all made <laughs> to keep the rights. That's the only reason they existed. And now, of course, Barker's got it back. So, I think every every Fantastic Four movie that was made since then was just to keep the rights. I mean, the the last one that Trank I'm, did was. I'm I'm still I'm still fascinated by the idea of what movie he thought he was making. I don't care a whole lot, mm -hmm. but considering that, you know, having having read and enjoyed the Ultimate Fantastic Four series, at least especially in the early days, when you're yeah. dealing with the characters as younger characters who are, you know, not only dealing with becoming superheroes, but also dealing with the fact that they are all unique and all... Um, finding their way in this world that is a different version of the Marvel Universe. I thought it was well written, uh, especially in the early issues, and I kind of want to see that movie. <laughs> Chris Evans as Steve Rogers, opposite Chris Evans as Johnny Storm. 
See, almost has to happen. It almost has to happen. But the thing is, is how how much money do you have to give Ryan Reynolds to do the Green Lantern cameo? And would Deadpool show up and shoot him again? <laughs> Except Green Lantern is not Marvel. No, but the DC universe would, would want to do something similar. Yeah, they similar. could do that too. Well, and, and, well, and I, hear, I hear talk, you know, every now and again, I hear talk about Reynolds coming back as Hal Jordan in some way. And, and there was rumor that he'd show up in Snyder Cut. He might still actually show up there. He might show up, but the thing is, is that he's actually really, really miscast as Hal Jordan. Oh, he is. And yes, that's, not no a, that's not a bash on Ryan Reynolds. He's a very entertaining actor, and he's done very, very well and cast it. You know, he's been uh, his career's going great. Yeah. But Hal Jordan, see, Hal Jordan is stoic. Nathan Fillion, when Firefly, Nathan Fire, Fillion, yeah, Firefly era, and and what is, what the police show he did uh, for the Rookie? I think no, the he's rookie. in the Rookie now. Right, he's in the Rookie now. But I mean, yeah, and that's a. Playing the a straight character, pretty you know. There's not. I mean, there's humor right. in the show, but it's not. I've, I've seen a few of the, the early episodes of that. Maybe it was all right. Um, so yeah, Phil in twenty years ago, I think could have really, really given us a really fantastic Hal Jordan. I think the the modern films and the comic books, even when they brought when they brought Hal Jordan back, this whole bit about um, his insecurities and the alcohol and all of this stuff with his dad and everything like that. I think that misses the mark on that character because when you look back, especially on the Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams run of mm. Green Lantern, Green Arrow, that really cemented for a lot of people who those characters were with mm -hmm. Green Arrow being the 60s hippy-dippy beatnik liberal and Hal Jordan being the conservative, straight-laced, by-the-book cop. And it was such a perfect match of opposites. And that's missing from the modern interpretation of Hal Jordan, I think. He's not as, the current, I don't want to say stiff, but he's not as... The current you know, run where it's much more intergalactic right mm -hmm. now. Um, and I've only, I have, um, I think I read the first arc they got done. I don't think I've read, there hasn't been a lot lately that I've read. And, uh, for the Green Lantern series. And it's leaning more into the very serious mm -hmm. character arc. And I think that, the, or the character arc, character, characterization. Um, I think one of the things that, that writers sometimes do for good and for ill is they come across a character like Hal Jordan who, it's the same argument, same argument some people have about writing Superman, which is, how do I make this character interesting? And, oh. the, and the answer at that point is, are, are, are you not considering a whole lot of different options? There's a lot I of different know. things you could do. I, but I've I, never understood But some, some writers, I mean, maybe they just don't see it. And then, you know, maybe, they're, maybe they can write other characters great and Superman's just not for them. And... It's the same kind of thing where it's like, oh, I have to make, this character is so stiff, I have to find a way to make them interesting. And one thing that you can find writers doing, and sometimes at work, 
it worked with Tony Stark as it as it happened, mm -hmm. is you find the way to break them down and take them to their lowest points. Right. And alcohol abuse, alcohol addiction can is a E easy it's quote an easy unquote. Trope, though. Well, yeah, it can be, but it, it can also be in the right hands of the right writer. You know. Well, see, and, and that's I, the trick, really. And I, the right person I, to do that. I always saw it when you when you boil it down to the whole idea of Hal Jordan, the man without fear, that type mm -hmm. of thing. Um, when you get to the end of the run, when Coast City gets destroyed, and he goes mad and everybody's dead and mm -hmm. you know that whole parallax thing that right, happened right. that's also an example of how do we make this character interesting yeah well mm. i think i think part of that can be when you take hal jordan the stiff conservative cop by the book rules guy there is a reason why he's that way because mm -hmm. if something goes wrong and this and this is you know I'm a space cop. I'm dealing with aliens and ray guns and sure. lasers and battles and explosions and spaceships and who knows what. And if I get it wrong, people die. Right. And that's that's where he starts. Mm -hmm. You know, and and it could be that somewhere in his or in his origin that something does go wrong. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's a that's a whole opportunity for story that nobody well, and they, has ever and they, really did, told. and they did it with John Stewart. They basically sat there. And it was a tragic mistake where he basically an entire planet dies because of him. Yeah. And for in the hands of various writers since then, it's been dealt with. I think to some degree, extremely well in some arcs, and some very very clumsily. But the idea that you know, there's something about, and we recognize this character in fiction a lot. It's the one who's carrying the weight of a past mistake. Yeah. Right? And, and I think one of the things that a lot of comic book writers realized is that, you know, you kill off Hal Jordan, spoiler alert for Final Night, um, 20 years, 20 plus years ago? Final Night. Final Night, where he goes and reignites the sun. Oh, wow, okay, he, okay, he, okay. I missed that one. Where Hal Jordan died. He, be, he went insane, became Parallax, and, um, but when um, the Sun Eater came along and was destroying the Sun, I think it was the Sun Eater, I can't remember it now, but it was, uh, the Sun's going out. Okay. And Hal Jordan comes back as Parallax. How did I miss that? I don't know. And he sits there and he says, okay, you know, no, I can do this. I will, I will be a hero one last Wait, time. when did that come out? A, it, well, see, this is, it was the event that triggered, actually, the Green Lantern, some of the Green Arrow reboot from Kevin Smith where he comes back from the dead, because the last thing that Parallax does is he finds a way to revive Ollie. That's his last... Mm -hmm. So he, saved, he, he, he brings Ollie back from the dead, and of course the Kevin Smith run has the fact that, at least initially, his soul is still in heaven, and, uh, and his body is walking around without a soul. Um, interesting arc. Okay. But, yeah, and, it, and of course, by, at the time it ends, he's reunited with himself, and... <coughs> And writers who looked at Hal Jordan and they're like, well, just because he's dead. We've got the interesting run on the Spectre, mm -hmm. where yeah. Hal Jordan and, and the Spectre, and that was actually a character study of Hal Jordan too. The idea of being cop, of, of the idea of vengeance, the idea of mercy, the idea of, um, and I don't know that it was always successful, 
I thought it was interesting, which yeah. I think is, I'll, I'll take successful over good, I'm sorry, interesting over good sometimes, and it's like, okay, I don't think you're doing, this isn't great, but mm. I like that you're trying this thing. <laughs> Robert asks, when Hal's resurrect, or when Ollie's resurrected without a soul, is he a redhead? No, that would be Wally West. And, yes. And Wally West is always, you know, given given the, the short end of the stick. Although, that, with the whole new um, reboot uh, thing with DC, although... The, the, what they're what Tom King did with Wally West is just unconscionable. Oh, I, well, and I think that there was also some question of editorial mandate for some stuff in there, too, that mucked with that. But anyway, the new stuff, the, the, the death metal... Um, oh, right. Uh, right all, that's, all that's wrapped, and it basically gave them a chance to go, okay, guys, we're, we're really doing the multiverse this time. No, really. Here's everything. Gives, yeah. uh, tell the authors to go play. And Wally West has, in the course of that, apparently they've sat there and went, right, we're redeeming Wally West. So shut up and let him do his, let him go be <laughs> the Flash again. So, well, And speaking of the Flash, we get back to legacy actors yeah, yeah. And, and characters. Because you have that, that rumor of Linda Carter coming back. We've got Michael Keaton coming back. Would you bring back John Wesley Shipp? So, in in the movies because he's been back in the in the CW right, verse right, right. the Arrowverse would you bring him back in the movies? So I actually really really liked him as Jay Garrick. I think that's almost perfect casting. Well, and he has been Barry Allen in that CW verse as know, well. I know, but there's part of me that looks at him and goes, "Now I want a real JSA series." Yeah. But here's the JSA series that I want. I want the JSA series that is the legacy characters. I want the children of the JSA, the the Robinson run that was going for a while. That's we're going to get some of that in Black Adam. But are we going to? What is Junior Office Dog doing over there? Junior Office Dog is digging in the in the little office the dog bed. Oh, is she in the bed? She's okay. in the bed. Yeah. Um, I want the Jack Knight Starman. I actually, the, in fact, if the Jack Knight Starman does not make an appearance on Stargirl, mm -hmm. you're doing it wrong. Probably will, but that's, Stargirl, though, is is the Jeff Johns stuff. Right, so right, right. maybe, maybe yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. but uh, the, the Jack Knight character, uh, the uh, Robinson run on, Jack, there were 75 issues, I think, mm. and it's the son of the 1940s. Right. Uh, and he's actually the son who didn't want to be a superhero. His older brother was oh, the legacy right, character right. and gets killed, and Jack takes up the the Star Rod um, because somebody has to. Yeah, and he's his costume is a leather jacket and flight goggles, and he's just like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. Someone, you know, and it's, stuck it's, with it. And it's a it was a really fascinating run, and it gave us a really interesting version of, of a character like Solomon Grundy because it's a, uh, I think it might have been the first. The first comic to explore that Solomon Grundy is different from. Every time he comes back to life, he's a little bit different. Mm. Uh, I can't. I can't be sure, but um, that would be one of those things. But yeah, John Wesley Slip, he definitely should come back as the Flash if you do that. And with that little tiny scene in Crisis on Infinite Earths, where you have Flash meeting the Flash, mm -hmm. you know, Ezra Miller. Oh, the flat they call you the Flash? Oh, I like that. Mm. That opens up a whole new world of possibilities. You remember Walter Hamada at uh, at the DC Fandope thing? Right. Walter Hamada basically said, 
everything's on the table from now on because that was the thing that hindered so many productions for so many years is you'd have a character that was tied up in development on a project and development on a project and development on a project and it never happened but didn't but DC wouldn't let you use them for anybody else well in the TV universe you couldn't have Batman right which is why we got Smallville because they wouldn't let them have Bruce Wayne and you couldn't have, and but now you can have Superman showing up on his own show. Mm-hmm. You can have Superman in the movies. However, they whether it's it's Henry Cavill or whoever they cast to replace him, right. you're going to have multiple. They, there was a mindset for a long time that you couldn't, fans cannot be trusted with multiple actors playing the part. And at you know what, I would say when there was a time when TV and film were different universes that did not meet, Yeah, that argument might have had a certain kind of weight. But now we don't think of TV and film that way. We have streaming services where you can watch film-level quality miniseries or full series, and now you see films that are inspired by TV, you see TV that's inspired by films, all this stuff happens. So, well, and plus you get crossover stuff like we're getting with Marvel, yeah. where, you know, the... The, the movie characters are coming into TV shows and TV shows are, you know, t- characters that are launching in the TV shows are going to make the jump to films and vice versa back and forth. Um, because with WandaVision, and, and I saw this today, the director of WandaVision, I can't remember his name, he did uh, John Watts, who's directing the next Spider-Man mm-hmm. movie, apparently has been... They've been talking and they've been discussing and back and forth because he says the handoff has to be smooth because you're going right, from yeah. WandaVision to – is Spider-Man next and then Doctor Strange or is Doctor Strange and then Spider-Man? I thought it was Doctor Strange and Spider-Man, but I'm yeah, it's Doctor, Yeah, because she's, she's filming Doctor Strange now. Right, right, okay. So, so WandaVision, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man – and they're all talking to each other, and they're saying, okay, well, this is how we're doing this, and this is what we're right. doing this, and this is where it goes. So that interconnectivity that you have now opens up more possibilities. And even on the DC side, as we talked about, the crossover into the TV with Crisis, mm-hmm. even though it was just a wink and a nod, nudge, nudge, look at what we did. It, it was cute. Doors. It opens doors. It opens the door. And then Walter Hamada says, Every, everything is – it's a multiverse. It's all connected. Even more so now that we've got Michael Keaton coming back and the rumor of Linda Carter coming back. And you're just like, okay, well, who else is going to show up? Well, we got Dean Cain over on the TV shows. Right. Um, You could potentially have him make an appearance uh, as Superman. Unfortunately, of course, we don't have Christopher Reeve. Right. Um, But you get... um, you You could have some fun here because there are a lot of different actors who are supposed to play the part. Mm. You could finally get someone like Matt Bomer in the Superman suit. Sure, sure. You could get Nicholas. Um, okay, there is. There is a rumor. I'm sure there is. There is a rumor. He needs to get better shape, though. That the Flashpoint movie could have Nicholas Cage as Superman somewhere in there. All right, so was it um, who is going to play him in the George Miller version? Oh, I don't remember. It was Arnie Hammer was going to be Batman. Batman. 
Yeah, and what's her name? What's her name? Gail was going to be Wonder Woman. I cannot me, remember who was going to play him in the George Miller version. Let me let me look that up real quick to the internet. Because I think that you could actually have certainly that's almost an inside baseball thing for a select group of fans. Well, that's like Tom Cruise playing Iron Man. Right. It's that. What if it's the, mm -hmm. it's the well and the what if series. Even though it's animated, Looks you could do like a, fun. You could do a live action season of What If, and yeah. and play with that even oh, yeah. more. Well, and I the multiverse that, you know, could even do I that. Think the, so. the the What If series and and letting DC do it as a multiverse because Marvel had What If, DC had um, uh, Elseworlds, mm -hmm. where you got to riff on this stuff. I want Vampire Batman. I want Night. I want steampunk 1800s Batman. I want Batman versus Jack the Ripper. I want Batman and Houdini team, team, teaming up. DJ Cotrona. Oh, right, 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 right. That's who Adam it was. Brody as The Flash. Right. I didn't remember that. Megan Gale as Wonder Woman. Common as Green Lantern. Right. So mm -hmm. you'd go with the John Stewart there. Mm -hmm. Teresa Palmer as Talia Al Ghul. Santiago Cabrera as Aquaman. Zoe Kassan as Iris Allen. Hugh Keys Byrne as Martian Manhunter, uh, Martian Manhunter, and Jay Baruchel as Maxwell Lord as the villain of the piece. Right, that's kind of leading into the, into the, I think that the time period that was the same storyline was out about that time where Wonder Woman actually ended up killing Maxwell Lord for a while. And back then, you could probably do that movie. Uh, well, with, oh, well, with George uh, Miller? With George Miller? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely, you could. Yeah, but it, I think Jay Baruchel playing that part is kind of like Jesse Eisenberg playing Lex Luthor. It probably would not give you the end result that you were hoping for. And I'm not probably. saying you couldn't do it. I'm just saying that on some level you could look at these actors who are very, very talented and can end up being miscast. Well, the, the biggest fundamental flaw in casting the flash that every project has gotten wrong is the hair casting the flash yes because Barry Allen mm. is blonde and Wally West is a redhead and if you've got Jay Baruchel as the Flash, during that time, more than likely... You said Jay Baruchel as the Flash or as Lex Luthor? As the Flash. Oh. No. What did you say? No, I did. I said Adam Brody is the Flash. I'm right. sorry. But even then, Adam Brody is not yeah, a, yeah. a redhead or a blonde. So he wouldn't work either as Barry Allen or Wally West. And back then, George Miller's time when they were making this, it probably would have been Wally. Right. Mm -hmm. Because Barry was still dead. Right. I think. And, you know, you go back, you know, even, you know, John Wesley Shipp, not a blonde. Uh, what's his name, kid, Grant Gustin over there on CW? Mm -hmm. For all that he's a good Barry Allen, he's not a blonde. And I really don't understand why. Well, it goes back to faithfulness to the project, you know, to the source mm -hmm. material. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, if that... Okay, and 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 I, at the same time, at the same time, Barbara Gordon's Batgirl should be a redhead. 
because that's the vision of Barbara Gordon I have in my head. Well, and in a number of versions in the comic books, she actually is a redhead. The only place where she's not a redhead was in Batman 66, where she was a brunette wearing the wig. Right. Well, Everywhere else, she's been the redhead. Wasn't really a redhead in the movie. In which... In, was it Bat? She was in Batman and Robin. Oh, Alicia Silverstone? Yeah. yeah, but that wasn't Barbara Gordon. No. It also wasn't Batgirl. Well, but the thing is, it was, because she, it is a multiverse. It, it is a multiverse. But she wasn't Barbara Gordon right, Batgirl. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and actually, she's probably more, more like the original Batgirl mm. than the second Batgirl. The, uh, Betty Kane. Betty Kane, yeah. yeah. Or, or Betty. Uh, no, not Betty Kane. Um, Kathy Kane. Kathy Kane was Batwoman. Batwoman. I want to say it was Betty. It was Betty something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. All right. But the thing is I'll that look. you could you could bring some of these folks back. I mean, the getting some of the actors to make these appearances would be a lot of fun. And getting, I mean, Clancy Brown voiced Lex Luthor in the animated series. He shaved his head before. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you want to see Clancy Brown as Lex Luthor? He's obviously an yes, older Lex Luthor. Absolutely. I um, see. I, Jesse Eisenberg to me is the worst casting choice for Lex Luthor. I just um, don't. I don't. I don't I this don't is. This him. is. I think he could have played the part. Fine. He's a very talented guy. But the characterization that they went with for that. And that's a thing that, that as... It was Betty Kane. No, oh, it was Betty Kane. Okay. It was, it was her niece, wasn't it? Uh, yes, yeah, I that's do what believe. It was. Okay. Yes. Um, Eisenberg, if you... Then this is a thing that falls on Snyder, too. This isn't just... The, actors don't just get to do their own performances. The director tells them what to do. What? It's, it's a truth. That's what I've been doing wrong. Exactly. And um, as... You know, so that was a choice that Snyder made. That was a choice that I they, they made that choice together, right? Yeah. They they how that, and it was it didn't it didn't work, and and we answered Robert's question already. The relationship between Batgirl and Batwoman, the originals, yeah, the, yeah right. niece niece and aunt, and quite frankly, they are the. It's an example of an early version of a character being completely designed. Sloppily, <laughs> and the more interesting versions of the characters came with the new versions of the characters. Well, over time, stop and consider too that Batwoman and Batgirl, the the Kane versions, were mainly there to be the romantic interests for Batman and Robin. So that nobody thought that Batman and Robin were a thing. I mean, it was this is back during the whole, you know, uh, seduction of the seduction innocent, of the innocent yeah. and all this other garbage. So it was one of those things where they're like, "Oh, I know. Let's we'll give them girlfriends. Girlfriends." And, and then, and and then the Batman, then there. the Batman TV show came on and completely wiped <laughs> out any. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, and that's why you had uh, Aunt Harriet. Well, yes, you had to have Aunt Harriet yeah. to show up so that you know you could have a chaperone. But the but the idea, but see, but that was the Batgirl. That was the Batgirl that everybody knows. I know. Uh, oh, folks, there have been times. It's just been bizarre. Um, 
it's still bizarre, but it's a different it kind is. of bizarre. So you end up with you end up with some of these characters that could be a lot of fun to get back. I actually would be fine. I mean, we're getting obviously we're gonna get Jesse Eisenberg in in the Snyder cut. Yeah. And so depending on how it's done, you know, like I said, I think it's like bringing back Jim Carrey as the Riddler. I actually would like to see mm. Jim Carrey now take on the Riddler, but play him straight instead of the the. You know, if you write if you write the Riddler like the Joker, you end up with Jim Carrey's performance in Batman in Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. And if you write Two Face like the Joker, tells you you're not writing the char- either character right. Um, you and and you can tell Ellie Jones in for- Batman and Robin force Tommy Lee Jones and <laughs> to play that part. Um, and you know, yeah, you're not going to get Tommy Lee Jones back into the DC universe unless you like give him See, I saw, a gigantic uh, truck of money. Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face felt so much like Caesar Romero's Joker. Yeah, I mean, it's, at times, mm-hmm. and it was one of those things. Where I was like, that's not Two Face. And interestingly enough, didn't Clancy Brown do? A, hasn't he played Two Face too? Uh, no, no. Who played Two Face in, in the animated series? It's not, it's not Clancy Brown. I'm thinking it's no, it's not, not Clancy because Clancy Brown played Luke, Lex he was, Luthor. He was Luthor, um, right? Yeah. But who played Two Face in I the animated series? I would have to. I would have because to. I think that uh, um, the voice there is another example of, of a perfect voice casting. Um, oh, I, can, I, I, I have an idea. I think I know who it was. But the, I, I want to say it was Richard Mall, but I don't. I don't. No, that there was right. Let me let me look. While but you, you end up with these. I mean, I I would love to see an older version of the Riddler, with you know, because Jim Carrey, because when he's given a chance to do a drama, he's really really compelling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that you know a lot of people really, of course, were surprised at Bruce Wayne. They're so used to the mugging and the. I was right. It was Richard, Richard Mall. Really? Yes, okay. and. Those of you who are of an age, you will remember Richard Mall as Bull from Night Court, the bailiff from Night Court. Yes, so he was he was uh, he was Harvey Dent, Two Face, uh, and he was also the Bat Computer. Oh right, yeah. So yeah, I think that and and I, Tommy Lee Jones could actually come if if Tommy Lee Jones ever decided he would do a comic book movie again. I don't think that's likely. Um, although honestly, the number of actors who've shown up in the Marvel. Cinematic Universe, who you wouldn't expect to see there. I would not have thought Robert Redford in a Marvel movie. I know, and it right? wor- and it works. It, it works. works. It works extremely well. But and partially because we've come to trust Robert Redford, which makes Robert Redford the perfect villain. Hmm. Because we've wo- we've welcomed him into our home. Sure, we know who he is. It's Robert Redford. But he is the Sundance Kid. He's, He's a criminal. The, see. He's fooled us all, all this time. All this time. And he escaped at the end. <laughs> so besides DC, mm-hmm. and we've talked about DC, we've talked about Marvel, you mentioned uh, Beastmaster. Yeah, so Mark Singer, of course, if you're, if you're of an age, mm. um, you will remember the 80s. Um, Mark Singer played um, the, the title role in the film The Beastmaster, which is, by the way, a terrible adaptation of the source material. Mm. Was it Andre Norton? I think so. And I believe I believe the response at the time was they gave me money. They can do whatever they want. Right. Um, it's a not it's not a good adaptation, but it's a fun, not great but entertaining fantasy movie. Tanya Roberts was in it. Of course, we just lost her. 
Um, and Rip Torn wasn't in that one, was he? Was he? I don't. Uh, Rip Torn did, made a whole bunch did, of fantasy films. Did Sheena? Did Sheena come out of that one? Was it? She a, was in Sheena after was that. Was it a spinoff after? It wasn't a spinoff. Okay, they weren't connected. No, Sheena is another um, character from the newspapers, from news comics. Okay, way right. back when she was. Uh, um, I want to say she was from the newspaper strips. I don't. She was a female version, essentially a female version of Tarzan. Right. And I think that's what she was written as. And I want to say it was the old newspaper strips, and someone can correct me on that. But um, it's a fun. Beastmaster is fun. Mm -hmm. And. Mark Singer would make a second one, I think, maybe a third. I know there were two that he was definitely in, and it's got a TV, it got a TV spinoff and things like that. <coughs> I'm sorry, I think it was a TV reboot. And bringing, you know, he's actually a, a he did V, yeah, the, the, the miniseries. He was back even with, um, he was in the Arrowverse, playing General. Oh yeah, it was um, it was Army General, not 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 uh, not Sam Lane, but he was. I can't remember. Huh? What? Who? What? What show? Mark Singer, uh, in the in the CW in the Arrowverse, he was a he was an Army General. You didn't watch most of that. Um, um, but he has not aged gracefully. He's well. he's very. We don't he, all. he wears all of the years. Now he wears it well. Yeah. Right. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I mean, he still, you know, he still has a presence. Mm -hmm. But it's, uh, you know, he, he couldn't he couldn't do the same character. No, no, no. Well, you know, no, and you know, it, like we're hearing, you know, Schwarzenegger coming back as King Conan. You've heard about that one, right? Uh huh. <laughs> Look, I think I think the uh, for a man of of Arnie's age, he's in fantastic shape. There's no question. I mean, he's he's kept himself. You know, it's what if that's your your bodybuilding lifestyle, and and he's done pretty well. No, no, I hope to be in that good of shape at that age. However, you're not in that good of shape now. That's why I'm hoping to be in that good of shape at that age. I got I got a few more years. I can I can I can get there. Um, but he. Uh, the thing about King Conan is if it's written basically at the end of Conan's life, mm -hmm. then you could that's have, what I was hearing. You could actually do some interesting things yeah. with it. And Mazur says that he'd heard that the sequel was cancelled. That's what he heard. And that could very well be. I mean, it was yeah, one I mean, of those things that just it circled for a long time. Yeah, and this sort of thing. Uh, the, at some point, we will get another Conan movie. Hopefully not with Jason Momoa. Well, I think Jason Momoa can play the part. It just needs to be a good script. I suppose. I think that uh, he's... The thing is, is that J the, the, the thing we like about watching Jason Momoa is that Jason Momoa is clearly having fun. Conan movies are not really meant to be fun. Well, see... They're high fantasy. How? And they're high fan... High fantasy is not supposed to be funny. Well, it can have some humor elements. It can have humor, but, but it's yeah. not supposed to be, you know. Mark Singer is seventy-two. That's about right. Oh wow! I didn't if, realize that he was that old. And if you guys can find it, um, there's a film he did. Uh, it was 
after Beastmaster. It's called If You Could See What I Hear. Oh, yes. He played the blind He played a blind, blind golfer. Uh, it's based on a true story. And the, the, the autobiography is actually really quite good. It's, got, it's much richer than the movie. But it's equal parts um, funny and sad. And he gives a really good dramatic performance in it. If you're not, if you're, if you're thinking of him as he's the guy from V, and it's aliens and ray guns, and, and he did pretty well in V. He did pretty well yeah, in V. Um, well, let's qualify that. He did very, he did extremely well in the first miniseries. He did okay in the second miniseries, just like everybody else did, because they had to deal with the material. Mm. And the TV show, you know, I he think did his best. I think <laughs> they all did the their best. second miniseries. Suffered from the dismissal of Kenneth Johnson. Um, it suffered from that and from having an ending, which was essentially, and then magic. Which happened. was not, which was not Kenneth Johnson's original right. ending. Right. And you get these new people in, and and suddenly there's this star child and whatever. But back to Jake's Momoa for a second, because Mrs. Boss and I have been watching Stargate Atlantis. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking of that. And after seeing him, after after seeing him again in that, mm -hmm. and Aquaman, it strikes me he's not a very good actor. He. He looks good. He has a commanding presence physically. He's, you know, he, you know, okay, fine, beefcake. But he's really not a great actor. He can deliver the lines. But we don't require but our actors, our movie stars to be great actors. He doesn't. In Game of Thrones, all he had to do was walk around shirtless, and he did it perfectly fine. It was wonderful. I, well, see that—that's the thing—is I've—I've between—I haven't watched Game Game of Thrones. I, it's outside of first season. I, I saw right, that, right. but between Cal, uh, uh, um, what's he? Play, what's his name over there on on Atlantis? Ronan. Ronan. Between Ronan and Aquaman, he's playing the same character. Well, that could have been why Snyder could have looked at Stargate Atlantis and gone. That's how I want my Aquaman to be. Maybe, maybe. You know, Mazers, I, I get it. Yeah, he's he's eye candy. Okay, I get it. Well, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And and we also, of course, bear in mind that a, a great many actors that are hugely famous and huge have huge fan bases don't particularly have characters that vary. Look, Keanu Reeves, for the longest time, you could argue that Keanu Reeves played the same character. Mm, mm. And you could argue, you you, you cannot argue that for the longest time, John Wayne played anybody other than John Wayne. And then, you, but you would yet get films like The Quiet Man. Yeah. Or A Quiet Man. But he was still John Wayne in The Quiet Man. It's just, he was a very restrained uh, John Wayne. And it Wayne. worked, it worked in a way that the sort of swagger, mm -hmm. and the, which the interesting thing is my two favorite John Wayne movies are The Quiet Man and Rooster Cogburn, where he is the least like the image of John Wayne. Yeah. Um, Clint Eastwood, in many ways, for a large portion of his career, was essentially playing, and here's a story where things happen with Clint Eastwood. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the plot was. Well, and Unforgiven I think, comes along and it's like, yeah, 
it breaks it breaks the mold and gives him a chance to play different kind of characters. Yeah, well, and you know, Mazur's makes a point about Sean Connery doing doing the same kind of thing with you know. Oh yeah, different kinds of, of characters Although, that he played. Although one of the characters, the characters most different from what he was playing, is the one where he was so obviously miscast, the Hunt for Red October. He is he. The, you the, think he's miscast in that movie? If you are going to have a character play a Russian, <laughs> you do not <laughs> let them use their Scottish <laughs> accent. To play the Russian. His performance is fine. He's great in the role. But it's one of those movies where, as I'm watching it, I'm going, in the history of Russia, every at now no and point, again, <laughs> Every now and again, he does try a little bit with Russian, with a Russian accent. But he doesn't do, I mean, it, yeah, no, it doesn't take away from his the performance. Per no, his performance is great. He's, he's, a, he's a great in the role, but the thing is, is that he's clearly... Making zero. It's Kevin Costner trying to do Robin Hood. It's like, okay, no, uh, don't do that. Stop doing that the thing. Is miscasting Stop on a thing. nuclear level. Robert says he drove past Unforgiven on the way to work a whole winter. I guess they shot it up in Alberta somewhere. Oh, I wasn't okay, sure if sure. they up there. But okay, so <clears throat> um, you mentioned Keanu Reeves. Mm -hmm. There's a rumor. Again, we get back to the rumors. So many rumors. rumors. So many rumors. Rumors about him coming back as John Constantine. Yeah, and, and I think that's a that's one of those rumors that there's a ch it's one I'm, I think it's, it. uh, yeah, it might be something to it. I am uh, so here's the thing about Constantine. I own the movie. Mm. I like the movie. It's a terrible adaptation of the source material. I have real issues with it as an adaptation mm. of the source material. Um, but by itself, self-contained? By itself, self-contained, I find it a very entertaining film. Yeah. Part of that comes out of the bad guys in it. Um, sure. And because it's got a great set of villains. Mm. Uh, and... Uh, I, yeah, it's entertaining. I like I like the I like what they're what they were trying to do with it. I truly, 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 truly want a gritty, ugly, disturbing John Constantine mm -hmm. movie. Maybe with a certain TV actor. <laughs> Give me a British because they were talking about. Um, oh, for heaven's sakes. Colin Farrell playing the part. No, I, could, I don't see it. I could, I, I could see it if. Uh, what if? Maybe. Let me, let me throw this one out there, mm -hmm. and and we're kind of off, off, off the reservation. We're off, off the rails. John Constantine. Faithful adaptation. Because if you can't get, uh, what's his name from the from TV? Because he's a TV actor. What about Matt Smith? Too young? Um, too pretty? Too pretty. I mean, Sting's too old. Bo yeah, the, Bowie's the gone. The original visual of the character was based on, on Sting from Quadrophenia. There's a blast from the past in the 1980s mm -hmm. for you. Mazurus, you don't throw us off. It's not, it's not you. We, we get thrown off. We throw ourselves off. Yeah, so we're it's, we're yeah, easily derailed. Yes. Um, 
That's that's why on on all of our promotion cards it says discussions with digressions because that's that's what we do. <laughs> See, the thought of actually Bowie ever playing Constantine would have been amazing. Right? Ah, uh, that would have been. I mean, you would have been like, yes, I believe you are a chain smoking alcoholic sorcerer. Yeah. Sting could uh, still do it. He could still do it. The th you could the, do it in the multiverse, and you could bring he, Sting in to play Constantine. Interestingly enough, in the current. Hellblazer comic. Uh-huh. There is an older John Constantine and a younger John Constantine. Because John Constantine woke up and discovered he was here now and he's got two decades missing and he knows he's younger. He's he's in, he's essentially in his own future. And the modern day John Constantine Constantine appears to be pretty evil. <laughs> So, because John John's one of those characters who could very easily, if John were to go off the rails yeah. and become and lean into his dark side, and the, the, over over the run, he's one of the few characters who actually aged in real time in comics. So, by the time the original run had ended, after what twenty years, the character had gone from his late thirties into his fifties, and he was one of the few comic book characters where you sat there and went, "Wait a minute, he's coming up on retirement age, and they're going to let him." Um, no. But he was always a character who, uh, well, John has a cruel streak. John, John is a bastard. And yeah. that's actually part of the charm of the character. So you could actually riff on that. You could, if Sting is a villain, a villainous version of Constantine, yes, I am on board. I would think that's, that would be actually his, a lot of with fun. With his dune hair. With his dune hair, because that's how you got to go with it. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, is that I would, I would love to have, uh, why can't we remember his name? The, t the, the actor from the TV show. Matt. The other Matt, isn't it? Matt, what's his name? Uh, from the, the Constantine TV, the, for the TV actor playing Constantine, from... His own show, and then of course he showed up on Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, let me let me let me look here real quick. Uh, um, but the because um, he would he they did not he wanted to do the part justice in the TV show and TV it was it should not have been on network television. No, it should have been on Matt H Ryan. Matt Ryan. It should have been on HBO. It should have been on Showtime. It should have been on well Shutter. If, you'd, if you'd had HBO Max at the time. It might have gone there. It might, yeah, have, it might have been able to live and, there. Because uh, then it would have been your, your hard-drinking, chain-smoking, demon-fighting, cynical... You know, I, I, I wouldn't... What? I wouldn't mind seeing Dina Meyer come back in some way, shape, I would love to see Dina Meyer do, give us Oracle again. I'd, I, yeah. quite frankly, would like to see... Here's my idea for Batman Beyond. I know that in the comic or in the animated series... She's the police commissioner. Um, and I think that's fine, but I'd almost like to see her... Because I think, I think what they've done in the comic at this point is she's training the new Batgirl. She's agreed to train the new... Because there's a new oh, Batgirl. Okay. The, right. the, the, comic, the current run of the Batman Beyond comic has ended. And the... Uh, Terry's... There's a new Batgirl. And... and Barbara's training her, and and I think it's it's Dick Gordon, uh, Dick Grayson's daughter, is the new Batgirl. Oh, the one from the YA. I am not Starfire. No, it's it's one. It's from inside I, their own I, little. I, I kid. I kid. Yeah. I the uh, um. But the. 
I just, I just want Oracle back. I mean, as much as I appreciate the fact that Barbara Gordon is, they've gone back to the idea of Barbara Gordon as a superhero. One of the things I think they did really, really well with, however you feel about the Killing Joke, because of course, wasn't supposed to be canon. Uh, it ended up being canon, and we have Barbara Gordon in a wheelchair. And for a lot of fans, the way that that character was written and dealt with being in a wheelchair and still being somebody who wanted to make a difference. Um, was really inspiring for a lot of people, whether they were whether they were in a wheelchair or not, or whether yeah. they had a disability or not. It was for a lot of that was extremely well done, and the relationship between her and, and Dick Grayson was explored in different ways because of that. And I completely understand. It's like, what we want her to be a Batgirl again. Okay, I get it, but at the same time, I, I understand the fans who sat there and went, "Why did you do that?" Well, it's like when when uh, Jeff Johns brings. Mary Ellen back after being dead for 20 years. You've got an entire one or two generations that are, you know, Wally West is the Flash. Right. And we need, uh, where who is this guy? So. Well, now they've brought back, the, the current status quo is they've got Barry and Wally and Jay and... And the other Wally. And like, two, yeah, the other Wally yeah. and you've got... Um, Art. I think four four other speedsters who are part of the and they're treating it like the Flash family. It's like this, yeah. so Batman. Here's the Flash family. They're, they're, it's an ensemble cast now. Go ahead, which is great. Are we going to wrap up soon? We're being told we're going to be. <laughs> we're, we're being, well, we are past our hour. You've and, spoken and too I'm, long. <laughs> I'm starting. I'm starting to smell pumpkin. So oh, yes, okay. it's yeah. it's one of those things. Um, okay, so. Uh, so all that basically to say it would be cool to see some of these people coming back in various different incarnations of their previous characters. And the DC stuff, we've seen it more because you get the different versions and the different iterations. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Terry Hatcher came back as Lois Lane's mom during yeah. Smallville mm -hmm. and, you know, that kind of thing. And now Erica Durance is Supergirl's mom, and you've got Helen Slater back, and, you know, all these things. You could get Helen Slater back as Supergirl. Yes, you could. Give her a chance, give her a good script this time. And Shaquille O'Neal has to be has to be uh, okay. He in, can make a cameo. He could. He could be. He can he could make be John Henry Irons and actually make it in universe now. Because as long Steel as he, technically was not part of of the DC universe because they as wouldn't. As long as you can him give it. him a good script. Yeah. Because there's a there's another reason why Steel isn't canon. It's not a good movie. Also written by Kenneth Johnson, by the way, of of V fame. But I thought it was it, it's I thought it was pretty good. I mean, given he's, the limitations. Yeah, given the limitations, and and because and you have budget and you have casting, but you've also got you can't make it part of the Superman universe at right, all. Right, right, right. It has to be its own thing, which I thought was kind of dumb. But nowadays, well, but yeah, now nowadays it wouldn't be. No. It, it would. It you bring him back? Sure. Shaquille O'Neal as John Henry Irons. Who would you Make it happen. as John Henry Irons instead? Now? Yeah. There's a lot of actors you could put. It would depend on how old you want him to be. Because Phil Lamar could play him. Mm -hmm. But he's an older actor. But that way you could actually bring in his... Is it his niece? Who's yeah. The, who's, who's yeah. Who's the car? The, the, but you know, given given the origin, 
he could be any age, really. That's true. That's true. Because you know, scientists working for Luther, and he's got technical. You know, he's got the tech and whatever. O yeah, older would work, but you could bring in somebody like. Try to get Idris Elba into, into a superhero movie. It's not a Fast and Furious ripoff. Yeah, I just, I don't see Idris Elba as as John Henry Irons though. I don't either. He's too stocky. John Henry Irons to me is is the. T it, I don't want to say the basketball player, but he's he's the taller, he's lankier, um, and especially if you're doing armor, right? Yeah. You know, skinnier would be better. I think uh, you know, Will Smith is probably not my first choice, but somebody with his build, maybe, or maybe a little bit taller. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't know. I, I, Denzel Washington would be a possibility, you know. Denzel Washington from 15 Ooh. years ago. Well, yeah, de well, depending on what you want to do with the part, you could actually have him be, uh, you could you could have Denzel still do it. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter who's in the armor when the armor's on. That's right. Um, well, isn't Black Lightning, com Black Lightning's coming to an end. It is, it, and it, it is uh, spinning out a new spinoff called Painkiller. Right, what's the, who's, uh, who's the actor who plays... Black Lightning. Chris. Uh, he could, he could, I think he could play. I mean, he'd be. Yeah, cro but you're, if you're crossing you're, over you're in the crossing same universe. The same universe yeah. there, but, but I think he, he could actually he could do it. Uh, Chris Williams, I think is his name. I think he do it justice. He's a good. I don't actor. know. He's he's kind of stocky, stocky and bulky yeah. too. I would I because you're still there's still the possibility that um, what's his name is going to show up is going to come back as John Stewart. In mm. the CW stuff, Diggle. Right. Yeah. Um, there's there. They've already hinted when which I'm all this stuff which comes. Which I'm actually back. perfectly fine with. I'm fine with yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Chris I think Williams. I think he would make an excellent uh, John Stewart. I don't know. I think I well, I'd have to think about that one for for John. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think. I well, then of course you have to think about who's going to play Superboy. <sighs> you bring you bring Nicholas well, Cage. Connor. In, you Connor. Nicholas Cage in as the Eradicator. Oh, see, because yeah, because you've already done Death of Superman. Yep, you could flip that back, and while that's going on, a flashback. Mm -hmm. Now, six then months you, later, then you'd figure out who's going to do Cyborg Superman. Do you have it? No, you'd, you'd use the same act. You'd use the same actor who's playing Superman in that continuity, uh, and then you would just do the. Yeah, because you have, that's, that's the point. Is that the the human side looks like Superman? Right, right, right. right. So. All right, well, we will leave that speculation for another day. Uh, those of you, if you have ideas of actor, legacy actors that you would like to see come back in yeah. some way and stuff, let and us we've know. We've talked mostly about comic book movies. There's other things, yeah. too. You yeah, know, we mentioned Beastmaster. We mentioned Conan the Barbarian. We're, um, getting, we're, getting, we're getting a new Zorro series, and unfortunately, all the great the great Zorro actors, yeah, it's, it's been gone. so long since we've had a Zorro well, series. Well, we're getting a Willow series. Right, yeah. So, you know, you're going to get you're gonna get uh, uh, Warwick Davis back as Willow. Who knows who else is going to be back? I don't know that anybody else Wouldn't is going to be back. Wouldn't it be great to have Val Kilmer show up in that? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's like, well... Well... Yeah, well maybe? Maybe? Uh, I don't know. Maybe? <laughs> Okay, Willow Huffgood goes and finds Mad Mardigan on an island where he's been isolated, oh, these many years. Wait a minute. And Willow Huffgood says, Mad Mardigan, remember when you were great? Here's your sword again. And Mad Mardigan looks at it, throws it over his shoulder, 
and see. In context of it you would make work. It work. Make it work. I think it would work. All right, that's <laughs> going to do it for us tonight. Thanks very much for watching. <laughs> Don't forget, uh, sign up for our newsletter. Uh, you can find us on all of the social media that's still out there. Well, most of the social media that's out there. Um, uh, and, and we'll be here for as long as we survive being here. So I don't know if we end up trying to kill each other for some reason later. Maybe the show dies, but yeah, we're doing okay so far. Uh, but anyway, thank you all for being here. Those of you who are in the chat, thanks for your comments thanks, and thoughts as well. The email address, h2o at sci-fi for me.com if you want to do that. Oh, and um, uh, Mrs. Boss, you want to hand me those, those mugs over there real quick? Let me do a real quick pitch. Oh, 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 it's yeah. easier for yep. me. All right, so real quick, I'll do my, I'll do my uh, commercial because as soon as we figure out fulfillment and how to, how to process orders and whatnot, we are going to bring back the Sci-Fi For Me mugs mm -hmm. that have the planet on the one side and they have the logo on the other, and this is the right-handed version and this is the left-handed version. And you see the planet and the you, the what I'm calling the outer face for the logo. Mm -hmm. and, but I mean, if you want to do it right and left-handed this way, you could, I guess. So they are. That's that's coming. We got to figure out prices. We got to figure out how to process the orders. I think they're going to be somewhere around fifteen, eighteen dollars, maybe, maybe less. I don't know. We got to look at how much it's going to cost us. Um, but yeah, that's coming soon. And then, of course, we've got the Indiegogo that's going to launch in March. We'll be having more details on that. I've got some. I've got some stuff already brewing for that. Mwahaha. And the subscribe star. And the subscribe star. Yes, we'll pull up the subscribe star graphic and show people that we are going to uh, put a little bit more emphasis on on pushing that. Uh, subscribestar.com slash sci-fi for me or the PayPal. There's a tip jar there for PayPal if you want to do uh, any kind of financial support. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to push that stuff. But the newsletter, especially, uh, I do want to encourage you all to to sign up for that. And if you're not subscribed to the channel yet, uh, please consider doing so. And um, have your notifications turned on. That's that's all the pitch. So, and come back and join us for yes. this show and all the other shows we offer on this channel. Lots of shows. This week is a little bit light, but uh, we've got, last week was pretty. Yeah, last cool. week we had pretty much everything. So check out all the other videos. Let us know what you like. Leave your comments and thoughts, and we'll be back with more next week. Bye, guys. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.